0: Live from
1: Orlando, Florida. You're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now.
0: What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your host, Al, myself, Anthony. It is Labor Day weekend, and in today's episode, we got a very, very special guest joining us. Orlando Magic Guard, Devin Kennedy. What's up, man?
1: Yeah, man. appreciate you guys for having me.
0: Yeah, man. I appreciate you. Uh, we were supposed to have this episode done about maybe a month, month and a half ago. Around that, it was more our fault, our fault than it was Devin. So, Devin, I appreciate you being patient with us. Um, but jumping right into it, man, and your offseason. It, it seems like you've had a very, very busy off season. Um, how has it been for you, and how how
1: how much are you itching to get back on the court? I mean, for me, it, I mean, itching to get back on the court. I feel like this past season, I really didn't get a chance to really even play, or at least play how I wanted to feel. Um, obviously, the injury took place the previous year, um, so it was a, a year full of just rehab, getting my body basically in shape enough to play basketball. Not even really to play at an elite level. Um, when it comes to injuries, things like that, like it, it does take time. And so, you know, when you're in the G League, it's 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 one thing to to really just be like, I'm trying to get back to the league. So, you know, obviously, getting the ten day, getting it converted, and having an actual off season, like for me, I just wanted to hit the ground running back on April 10th when the season ended. So we're here in September. We're close to training camp. Um, you know, this really this is my first off season, really just to focus on my body. Um, to really dedicate myself to really being in the gym um, at, a, at a much higher level. And so that's really what my off-seasons consisted of. Obviously, had a chance to play summer league with the group, um, which was dope. And now we're just getting ready for training camp. So it's been good, but definitely, definitely itching to compete and, and be back on the floor with everybody.
2: Yeah, man, I know Magic fans cannot wait to see you out there. You, you've kind of become a fan favorite. I know for me personally – and Anthony can attest to this. Been pulling for you, man, for the last few years. Hoping to see you make it to the to the Magic and then stick with the Magic. And it seems like that's finally happening. Congrats, by the way, on the contract. I know that, um, that that's big time, you know, to have the chance to come to training camp, earn that roster spot, um, and have that kind of security behind it. Um, so congrats, big time on that. Uh, we're all rooting for you. Um, with that being said, talk to us a little bit about the Summer League, that experience with the Magic kind of going out there, seems like a lot of team chemistry. Most of the team uh, players really went out there and supported you guys. Uh, and, of course, Pablo Bencara as well, our, our brand-new rookie. So how was that experience? What were your thoughts on Summer League?
1: I'll start with the on-court experience. I think, really, a lot of it started being back here at the facility, the practice facility, once the group came in. And uh, we're kind of going through our concepts, how we want to play, not just in Summer League, but obviously, you know, we have some guys that are going to be making an impact. Paolo, uh, Caleb, myself, RJ. We had Sko. So like, there's five guys that are on the roster, you know, currently um, that were in that summer league group. So really, just just being back on the floor, um, you know, for me, really was just like, hey, I'm here now. You know, like I'm not coming off of the injury. I'm not just here on a ten day. Like it's a it's a real opportunity for me to just lead um, to show show kind of not not necessarily like hey, I'm this elite shooter, but more so just like, hey, we have a generational talent, in my opinion, in Paolo. What are ways that I can take my journey, my experience in the G League, being undrafted, like, you know, injuries, this, that, and the third, and use that experience to help him and, and facilitate and highlight him. So I think, you know, overall, that experience was dope. Um, in Vegas, um, the two games where we kind of had that main core together, I felt like, we competed. We had tough games. Obviously, we went to sudden death. The second game, which was crazy, was the best basketball game I've ever been a part of. Um, so it was cool playing with them. Um, I didn't shoot the ball really how I wanted to in Summer League. Um, but for me, it really wasn't like, hey, you know, it's a make it or break it, you know, from a shooting perspective. There's so many things that I'm working on from my body standpoint, guarding, um, concepts, being a good, you know, team defender, moving without the ball. Like, these are things that I pride myself on. So, you know, I'm going to make m- – 40% of my, my shots, my threes, you know, um, over a long stretch of time. So I really wasn't worried about that. I think the biggest thing was the support that we saw off the floor, um, having a big organizational team dinner uh, with, with uh, you know, staff, you know, all the way from people, you know, down in the front office who I've really never even met before. Um, so it's really kind of that family environment. But you can see, I think, Anthony, your background is the new facility. Like, that's going to be a spot once I get in there. Like, I may not want to leave. Like, there's so many cool things and and, uh, definitely just that family environment. So, Summer League was great. Obviously, the number one pick, you know, everyone's all eyes were on the magic then. And I'm just excited for this season to get going with the group.
0: Yeah, so last last season was a was a pretty tough season for the Magic, twenty two game season. Um, but one of the things that I think really stands out and was really really loud is the team chemistry. Like you don't expect a twenty two game or a twenty two win um, team to have the level of team chemistry that we have. The fact that we were able to see so many of the players go out to Vegas and really support the summer league team and you guys, I, I thought that it was it was really sending a loud message to to. To anyone out there showing that, you know, this is a very cohesive group. Um, you've been around other organizations. Do you, do you see that as something being a, a really big pillar for this team moving forward?
1: I think just in I mean, even being a part of it, the only really other organization I've been a part of was the Brooklyn, Long Island, and then mm-hmm. OKC, my summer league my first year. So I haven't had a chance. I've been a part of the Magic organization since November of 2020. So I, I've really been around Steve Clifford, that training camp. I was with Vooch, Evan. AG, like I, I've, I feel like I haven't played a lot of NBA games, but I've been in this organization more or less, you know, my whole career. So um, I think as we've grown and as this transition from, you know, you know, that generation of, of players to this new group coming up, um, this is I keep saying it's a family. It's a place I love to be. Um, and I think just in professional sports in general, you don't find that. You know, you have guys with different interests. You have guys, um, more or less, who they come into work, they show up, they punch the clock, and they're out. Um, The fact that this group is such a young group, uh, Coach Mosley, his energy, how how infectious it is, um, and obviously what what everyone's doing it from the top down with Jeff and John. Like this is this is a great place to be. Um, I I keep saying, and and they say it in interviews about the the new practice facility and and you know kind of just that energy that it has. Um, This is. It's a great time to be uh, an Orlando Magic fan player in the organization. So I think as long as people stay hungry to get better and work, I mean, you talked about a 22-win season. It, it can only go up from there. Um, how much it can go up determines the level of buy-in. Obviously, you know, things falling our way. But overall, I think this group is, is going to come in hungry. Uh, I know I speak for myself and how hungry I am, given my story, you know. So um, it's, it's really exciting
0: kind of before we actually deep or jump deep dive into your NBA journey, I kind of want to dial it back a little bit and really, really get to know you. Um, You're from Indiana. We know that you're a multi-sport athlete, played some football, basketball, a little bit of baseball. Um, What was your initial introduction to basketball? Cause Indiana, we know is like, you know, basketball capital, right? What was that introduction for you? Like,
1: yeah, no, I think from a young age, my dad, uh, my, my parents had me at a, at a young age, um, you know, 20, 24. My dad was in college at the time. Um, and so for him, the best way to kind of show his his firstborn kid, his son, um, you know, the ropes, or, you know, show me kind of what he cared about was having me be around the game of basketball. So he would play these Gus Macker tournaments, three on three outdoor tournaments. He'd be in kind of like the adult leagues and. You know, my mom would be there holding me, having me watch. And so basketball was kind of like in my blood. It just was something that I've always been around. Um, VHS tapes of Michael Jordan. Um, It's just like it's something that I've always loved because my dad loved it. Um, And then really from there, yeah, I played a lot of sports growing up. But basketball was that first love. And, you know, the journey has definitely been unique for sure. You know, never was the biggest, the fastest, the strongest. But I, I put so much time into just the game, clearly shooting, you know, in Indiana, you, you know, this, they're known for people who can shoot the ball. Um, Jimmy Chitwood from the like, Hoosiers, like th- things like that, just historically. Um, but for me, that's just been my MO. It's just shooting the basketball because I put a lot of time into it. So it's obviously got me here and I think will take me a lot further in my career.
2: I think uh, in the Magic locker room, you got Paulo, who I believe played play, – um football in in high school, you got Jalen Suggs, look at yourself. And we saw a video of you kind of challenging the team. There was a little challenge you did uh, on on your Instagram. You posted the video. So I got to ask, you know, any similarities between the game of football and basketball, especially when it comes to like a defined skill, thinking about shooting versus passing. So any way you think that helped you go into that experience of playing uh, football into what you've become in in your basketball career?
1: I think, yes. I think every sport, you know, from tennis the footwork to football, baseball. I mean, these things, they, they definitely have parallels and, and, and carry over, but you know, me, Jalen, Paolo, the fact that we're all quarterbacks, I feel like high level quarterbacks um, there's like a decision-making element to being a quarterback and the process you have to process things quickly Whether that's learning a playbook, knowing where everyone else should be on the floor. Um, so obviously, Jalen and myself are more those primary guards, but Paolo's a big guard. He can bring the ball up the floor and make decisions. He's clearly shown he can be a playmaker. Um, you know, summer league, he made some crazy passes. So I think a lot of, uh, we have similar, you know, similarities in that sense. We're just kind of built different. So definitely, definitely carry over between the quarterback position and, and being a decision maker on the floor.
0: Now you mentioned uh, previously on your Run Your Own Race uh, podcast that you just launched, very first episode, you, you talked about the reason why you decided um, to go to Princeton College and play basketball. Princeton really isn't known for, um, you know, basketball primarily. They're known academically. What was the reason behind choosing Princeton? I think the, the last player to get drafted um, into the NBA from Princeton um, was back in the 90s, right? The late 90s. What was that? What was that decision like? And were there any other offers that you were kind of you know, deciding between Princeton and, and the other schools?
1: yeah I was I wasn't heavily recruited I think I was kind of in that mid major mid major category um I think the biggest offer I had really wasn't even an offer it was kind of like um a potential option it was like Butler once I committed to Princeton Butler came in and they had been recruiting me lightly and Butler was big east I thought i I thought I could play ACC big Ten coming from Indiana <clears throat> but if anything, I thought Biggie's team, a Marquette, a Butler, DePaul would have, you know, kind of pick, pick me up, but, and I would have wanted to play at the highest possible level when it comes to, you know, basketball. Like I really believe that I could have made an impact at these schools, but they just never offered me one. They were like, Oh, you're, you're not a point guard 2 you're too small to be a shooting guard. So it's kind of always been, you know, the, if people wanted to nitpick my game, those are the two things they'll say is you're this tweener. So, Really, when it came down to that, it was like it was really not that difficult to choose between a lot of the mid-major schools that kind of offered the same kind of package. Come in, give you the ball. You know, you come and shoot. You know, you kind of be the star at these mid-major schools. Whereas Princeton, it was like we're recruiting you to be different than all the other players we have here, um, which I thought was kind of like the other schools. Like, hey, we'll give you a chance to come in and make a real big impact. But also, I, I believe that I was going to have to go. school for four years I I didn't think I was the kind of guy that would have gone one two or three and done so I was like if I'm gonna go four years of school I might as well get a degree from Princeton (laughs) at that point it was like it was like if I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do it right and so um I thought I had my degree sitting up here somewhere it's back at my grandma's house but having that piece of paper really you know kind of made that that decision come full circle and obviously I believed in myself enough to that I could make it no matter where I was at um so I think I just put all my chips in on that and said, "Hey, you know, after basketball stops, you know, the the experiences um, at Princeton, the academics at Princeton is gonna take me a lot further than even basketball will." So that was really the decision at a young age to to go to Princeton.
2: Man, that, that's a deep decision making that, that you kind of went through as a young kid, because all young kids don't go through that, right? They think basketball is the way it's gonna be and they want to go to a basketball school. But for you to think about it that way at the time, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Again, if, if something doesn't work out, an injury, anything like that, you're still gonna be protected. You're still making the right decision long-term. So props to you on doing that. Um, as you were kind of explaining your, your decision-making there, something came to mind with how the game has changed. You know, Steph Curry, the uh, game has expanded so much. Shooting is such an important aspect of the game. Do you think if you were in high school today, you would have been recruited differently?
1: I do think so, yeah. That's crazy, I mean, it- I, it wasn't that long ago, honestly, but you know, it definitely has changed. I mean, I think people bought in more to, you know, having these six one, six two guys. I mean, even I look at Dame and Steph and Dame have been the two players I've really studied since kind of junior high. I remember watching Dame's license to Lillard video when he was going through pre-draft. And I literally just like try to re, you know, emulate everything he was doing. I'm watching Steph at Davidson and I'm like. I want to lead a team like that, and so I think the recruiting process definitely would have been different. I think, to be honest, it had nothing changed except for me, you know, you know, being born a little bit later. I probably have been like a top fifty player. They, would, you know, highlight reels, you know, crazy shots. Um, but Steph has changed the game, I think, for the better. Um, guys want to be more skilled, you know, expanding the game to shoot. But for guys like me, I mean, I look like um, look at guys like Brent Forbes, Patty Mills, and their impact they can have on on championship contending teams like you need a Seth Curry on your team you need a Brent Forbes on your team so I look at that it gives me a lot of you know motivation to to continue to enhance my skill um, to add layers to to my game as well but when the rubber hits the road you got to put the ball in the basket you have to be able to, to make shots from the three point range and that's what I do so um, that gives me a lot of confidence going into this season you know the rest of my career whatever happens that um, that's something I can provide for a team, so it's, it's exciting.
0: And then Devin, kind of fast forwarding into into the draft. So you go undrafted. At that point, a- as a player, you got a lot of different options, right? You could take it overseas. You you could go the G League round. You could even, you know, kind of get into your head and decide that, you know, start questioning yourself and really asking yourself, can can this really be, you know, something that you're able to do? um what was what was your thought process through that why why didn't you go international why did you feel like you know g league right now is is our route because for most cases in, in terms of financial income international might be the route what made you decide to take that risk and say hey i'm going to fight through this because i i know i have the ability to to be able to make it into the league
1: i think more or less it, it just came down to just you know what i believed you know about myself And what my goals were. And it was it was never I had never said in my life, I just want to be a professional basketball player. If that was the case, if you just want to be a professional basketball player and you want to make the most money, don't go to the G League. Go overseas, go get your 80K, build your career, go get 250, stack that up. And I think by now, had I chose to go overseas from year one, I would I would be making a lot lot more money than I've made so far. Um, And and I think I would have climbed up the the Euro ranks uh, up to this point. But that was never the case for me. It was, I want to be an NBA player. You know, I am an NBA player. Um, And I said that about myself, honestly, since going into Princeton. It was like, I'm going here, but I'm an NBA player. I'm an NBA player who's studying at Princeton. (laughs) It's basically what I told myself. I'm not a student athlete. I'm not here to do school. I'm here to be an NBA player. And get a great education so when i went undrafted my mindset never changed it was okay what's the best path for me to achieve the goal which is being in the nba and it's the nba g league um, it's not traditional necessarily um, it's not going to be easy um, and, I, and i knew that but that's kind of when i came up with the concept of run your own race and, and it really gave me just peace and a sense of calmness that's like hey like this is my journey um, i don't know where it's going to take me maybe we'll never be in the nba but It's not going to be a lack of um, going against, you know, my principles and going against my goals. So.
2: So definitely uh, betting on yourself kind of paid off here in the bubble. So kind of a lot was going on. Right. And that that COVID-19 kind of came in. But yet you took that challenge and you made it something productive. So you go with Lakeland Magic, you guys go into the playoffs, you guys go on a crazy run. And by the way, I think it's the only really championship that is an Orlando Magic franchise we've kind of experienced. So we kind of took charge and started watching and witnessing that and and rooting for you guys. And here you go. You kind of go off in in that process. You have an amazing uh, process to to win the championship in the G League. And you also win finals MVP. So talk about that kind of crazy ride from COVID, stopping playing basketball, coming back and and putting the run together. What was that experience like? Uh, Any major kind of takeaways or memories from that experience?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was that was a time because this is this is prime time COVID and nobody knows once that March 12th or whatever March date hit no one knew what the next week month year looked like um, myself included so once once COVID hit and the league got shut down um, in my first year in Long Island I had just I had I just really gotten into the flow like I'm like entrenched into being a pro I was hearing from a few teams about possible 10 days and then the season's done it's like man, like, I I felt like I could have grasped my goal early on. Like, I was like, I'm right there. Um, And for me, if I'm close, similar to kind of my situation now, it's, it's double, triple down. It's like, we're not, we didn't come this far to slow up or stop. So once COVID hit, I was back at my grandma's house, just living in her basement, doing ball handling drills every day in the garage, hitting, like, lifting, and kind of reading my daily affirmations that, like, you know, I am an NBA player, you know, I am one of the best shooters in the world, I am this and that, and so, and it's just constantly reaffirming that no matter what happens with COVID, we may never play basketball again, all right, cool, like, you know, at least I gave it my all, but when this thing does stop, and it will stop, I'm gonna be ready for whatever the opportunity is, and the opportunity ended up being going to training camp with the Orlando Magic, and I remember my first play, my first play on an NBA floor against the Hawks, Training camp, coming off like guarding Kevin Werder, block his shot on like a pull up jumper at the elbow. Michael Carter Williams is bringing the ball down. Cole's running to the corner. He swings to me. I fake it to Cole. My first ever shot on NBA floor cash. and I was like, I belong here. Like these past couple eight, six months, whatever it was of COVID, I was preparing for this moment. Um, and really, I landed that camp. Fifteen roster spots already full. Jordan Bone, Kareem Monet, two ways, and I'm like, man, like, I belong on this team. What? Run your own race. I get cut. Talk with Coach. Um, Who's that? Coach Clifford at the time. Jeff Weltman. Hey, there's an opportunity for you to be a part of our G League team. Um, in the bubble, we're gonna be watching you. And I was like, look, I'm going. I'm going in here, and I'm gonna come out. And I literally wrote down on my phone like, bubble MVP. I wanna be the MVP of the whole bubble. Like I came in with that much confidence. Um, and God works in mysterious ways. Um, you know, led us to a championship, like you said. Uh played the best basketball I was playing up to that point in the game in the championship, got a finals MVP, which for me really is just a testament of staying, staying down, committed and um, prepared, which obviously led to my first actual call up to the league. So that was a dope experience. I mean, the fact that, yeah, like you said, is the only championship that the the magic organization has won is a dope feeling to be a part of that. And it's something I carry with me to today being in the facility. It's like, Hey, like why, why can't that blueprint work here? You know? So it's a much longer season. It's not a bubble, better talent. Um, But I mean, you can't take that away. So definitely, definitely a cool experience. So Devin with the,
0: with your first um, call up to the magic, what, what is that, what are you thinking immediately after? Who's that first phone call? What is what is going through your mindset once you actually receive that phone call? Where, all right, I I really got an opportunity here. Um, what what is your what is what are, what is it that you're processing in your mind in that moment?
1: I was at the gym. I was back home. So this is after the bubble. This is I'm waiting. I, I'm hearing through the grapevine the Orlando's mm-hmm. Orlando's blowing it up. They're they're trading you know their players away. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, like, I'm just like opportunity, opportunity. Um, so I'm just back home in Indiana. I'm training uh, with one of my high school teammates. And we had just finished. It was the day where I was like, I don't want to work out today. But I was like, let me just go to the gym. So I work out, whatever. We just finished on the court. Like a minute after sitting down, we're just talking like, hey, man, like, are you going to get a call-, a call up? Like time is ticking. I'm just like, man, my agent called me in that moment. And he's just screaming, let's go 10 day with Orlando. And I I I, I kicked the ball. I'm running around the floor. My friends there, we're dapping up. Like it's like, yo, this is it. Like you are, you're in the league. Just make sure you test negative for COVID and and, and get there safe and stuff. Cause that was just still a crazy time. But he was there with me. Uh, we had just finished a workout. And for me, I mean, I called my mom. She was the first, she was the first person I called and it's like. Yo, it's it's happening. Like it's only ten days. Don't worry about traveling down to to the you know to Florida to watch me play. Like I'm I expect to be in the league for a long time. Like these ten days are just ten days. It could be gone. Like but let, I'm gonna go lock in, and and hopefully I'm there for the rest of the season, which obviously is what happened. I got converted to the two way, which would have put me through the rest of the season. And literally the one game that I flew them down to to come watch me play is the game I got injured. So. It was it was just a tough time. I mean, it was a tough break for me because um, I felt like I was I was just finding my my rhythm, my my flow, and the injury happened. But that moment of getting the call is is why is what I had told myself was going to happen for the past six years was hey, you belong in the league, and this path is going to get you there. So that was the moment, and now ever since then, it's about obviously getting back and staying. So
2: the wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. One more action on opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up seven and you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice. And if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any game. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Man, you took up all the injuries. So I think you've mentioned it before. The journey has not been easy. And I think that was, I think that has made you be so approachable by Magic fans and can become a fan favorite in our eyes. is because we know the struggle you've been through. It hasn't just been, hey, you got drafted, you're by the Magic second round pick and you're in the, you're in the roster. That hasn't been the case. It's a battle. So that injury, man, I'll never forget it. So I have the blessing that I get to go to Magic games a lot. I get some tickets. And I remember you have, you playing that game. I'm rooting for you. And I kept saying to my wife next to me, like, hey give Kennedy the ball. I want to see this kid shoot the ball. <laughs> and I keep telling her, and the reason why is if you're a Magic fan and you're listening to this, you know our biggest weakness has been shooting for the last, mm. I can't even tell you, since I moved to Orlando at least, and that was back in 2016. Good teams, good rosters, but shootings haven't been there. So I, I, I keep rooting for you because I want you to add that value to our team, that that strength that we need. So that injury happens. I witnessed it. Super rough moment for the fan base, for you personally, of course, So talk about the journey to, to, again, it's been up and down. You finally make it to the league. That happens. What motivates you to get up that next day and say, I'm going to keep on battling? Like you said to yourself, I'm an NBA player. What keeps that going?
1: Yeah. Oh, man. That was such a tough time. I mean, against Indiana Pacers, I'm from Indiana. My family at the game. Like, I'm just like, there's no way. There's no way I've went through all this up to this point for this to happen. I'm not going out like this. Like, I mean, God, God and I, I mean, I'm, I'm a very spiritual person, I think, you know, and 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 believe in his plan for me, for us, for everybody. Um, and it may not go the way we want it. And so in that moment, I remember it wasn't like, why God, like, this is not supposed to happen. I had a very calm sense about it where I was like, use me as you see fit. Like, if I'm never going to play another NBA game, like, let this moment, like, highlight just. The pro like that is that it doesn't you don't need to be in the NBA to be successful or you don't need to be this star to you know whatever the case may be like it was just like in the moment I said I want to be back I like like just so you know like I want to be back um uh, but guide the way like guide like guide me through whatever I have to go through and so that next day that's what get, gave me whatever you know fire inside me that next day was like I know what I want out of this I don't know what God has planned for me but if we're both on the same page, it's going to be special. Um, that next day, which led to 282 more days until I played a uh, actual game live again, was definitely up and down. Um, it was, it was like definitely questioning, like, will I be the same? Will I get the chance? Like, is it, is this struggle? Is, is the pain worth, you know, the battle that isn't guaranteed. It's not certain that I'll get back to the NBA. Like, because getting there the first time was so difficult, you know, and there's 450 spots, they don't just open and present themselves. So I think that's why, you know, I'm probably even more grateful being a part of the magic family is because not only like usually you have superstars who, if they get injured and it's a contract year, it's like, I mean, we might get off of you and, you know, move on to the next thing. Like the fact that I'm number 15, 16, 17 at the time, and they bring me back to training camp, give me training camp money, knowing I'm not going to play or that I'm even healthier and for the foreseeable future they don't know what my timetable is um I think a big part of that is you know the the Lakeland Magic GM at the time Tunji At a Tunji at Deepay like he believed in me from day one and he's like hey we want to bring him back he's going to be part of our culture in Lakeland you know we just won a championship like we'll rehab him there get him back to full strength and up to at that point is going to be is there an opportunity and if he's you know good enough bring him back right like and so I worked my ass off <laughs> and I was in Lakeland. I mean, you can Dante, Marcatelli's doing games. I'm at, I'm at the games beforehand, hour or two beforehand, getting work in, sitting on the sideline baseline, just like waiting to be at 100 percent, waiting to have my chance to just come back out here because I was hungry the whole time. Like when I get back out here, I only want to be here for a week and I want to be back in the league. Granted, I was there for, what, a month or two? I think I was there for almost close to two months, and it was just like every day was, like, purposeful. I mean, I'm practicing. I'm playing. I'm going to showcase my shooting because that's what, that's what I do. That's what I'm going to do at a high level here, and I'm going to do it at a high level in the NBA, like, period. And so I, I went in that season just hungry to get back because going down the way I did, I was like, I know I can compete at this NBA level. It's just a matter of opportunity and timing. So, yeah, I mean – grinded it out magic had that open roster spot i think and signed me to the 10 day converted it to the rest of season which was one day which was the probably most money i've ever made in a day and then you know had the two years which are non-guaranteed um but I i talked about it on my podcast like this life's not guaranteed like my whole journey nothing's been guaranteed you know so 10 day two way whatever g league bubble you know getting undrafted like nothing that next day is not guaranteed. So being on a non-guaranteed contract is a very comfortable spot for me to be in because, you know what I'm saying? Like everything up to this point has been similar to that. So uh, the grind back was definitely crucial, but we're here and we're excited for where we're going.
0: Devin, I think that's one of the the major things that, that everyone loves about you is that when you're walking, you're, you're screaming positivity. I think that life is giving you so many reasons to not pursue it anymore giving you reasons to to quit and you just keep pushing um, forward you you've even gone to a point where you know you're vulnerable enough to be able to share your journey through on on your YouTube channel. Um, I've seen you um, give you know uh, speeches to, to younger kids. what's the driving force behind that? when the world is telling you hey it's okay to quit, you're saying it's not okay for you. what makes you move forward. And I, I know that you know, your mantra is run your own race. And you kind of, you mentioned that, you know, a line that's that that's a big driving force. Yeah. But I think that one of the things that, you know, I, I appreciate the most is that when you explain what it is, you also explain that it's not about, you know, your own personal experience. It's all about the experiences of, of the people most important to you. But why do you do it? Why do you feel like it's important to share that message to, you know, to, to the youth and to others?
1: yeah that's that's a great question no one's actually asked me that you know they we talk about my journey um a mindset you know we talk about what this means um but the actual why behind it uh, is so much more deep it's so much more powerful um you talk about like, that life force um and it's really it starts and ends with my family not just my brother my sister my mom my dad my fiance it's the family <laughs> that I didn't know it's the it's the generations before me and the generations to come after me like I'm in this specific moment right now but on both ends of the of the time you know line it's there. there's a reason why I'm here um and there's there's gonna be time after I'm gone um and it's like what did you do while you were here like who did you impact in a positive way how did you make the world better by being here and like I don't know how that really came to be kind of what my essence is or, you know, you know, what my soul is. Um, I I attribute it to just how God created me and just being very, very in tune with his plan and how I feel like I should be used uh, in my time here. And so um, a big thing is just family and in the in the kind of extended family, which would be the magic family or the people who look up to athletes or the people who you know, want to go to Princeton, people who I don't even know. Um, That that really drives me every day and it may sound cliche and, you know, it's like, well, don't you want to attain millions of dollars by playing the NBA? Don't you want the fame and notoriety? I'm like, I mean, that's a great byproduct of this process. It's a great byproduct of the tools and the blessings I've been given, um, but that isn't a a heavy motivator um, and followers and, and, and money. I think like if it was, I probably wouldn't be talking about running your own race. I would just be talking about money and you know, you know what I'm saying and fame. Um, so that's really it, and I think that's a really good question. Um, and so you know, I talk about kind of building a legacy, leading, leaving a legacy. Um, I want my my kids and my kids' kids to to look up at their their dad and their their grandpa. You know, when the time comes and just be like, man, he was a he was a good guy, and that's really it. So
2: man I can definitely see why the magic keep bringing you back and keep wanting to work with you man because you hear about jeff weltman and, and one of the things that he always says when he signs a new player or drafts someone is you know this guy has high character it's positive hard worker and I'm like wait as, as you're talking to us today I'm like wait those are all the things that you have in, in an individual so again clearly explains why the magic want to work with you why they want to keep keep finding a, a spot for you on the roster It's because again you're living you're living um Player of what they're trying to accomplish in Orlando, they they want a, a locker room full of people like you. So again, props to you for doing that, living that way. Um, but talking about the Magic quickly before we transition to our last segment, um, next season. So, what are your individual goals for next season?
1: My individual goals are to play 82 games, to be healthy, uh, to to impact winning, uh, whether I'm on the floor or off the floor. I think that's that's what I want to be about. I haven't had a year in the NBA a full season period in the three years I've played professional basketball so I mean first and foremost it's it's to be on this roster come October 15th um, and and once that happens the rest will fall into place which is continuing to, to, to impact the team positively bring good energy make shots um, I mean from a statistic statistical standpoint I just I just posted on Twitter 95 55. 45 like when I'm on the floor and they're asking me to, to put the ball in the basket that's what I do um I've done it at pretty much every level I've played at and now it's really just about having a bigger sample size here in the NBA and seeing if I can continue to do that so that's a goal of mine is it's, it's a high it's a lofty goal I don't think it's been done before um so I'm just like why not me um and I think that's that'll be something like you said uh, the magic hand yeah, you know, probably missed or haven't had in some time. And I believe I can fill that role. Um, so those are my goals, kind of more meta, and then um as it relates to just like my performance. And then I mean, I'm sure the next question is team goals. And I think we just we want to win. We wanna we wanna continue to compete, um, play the right way, play hard, play together. Um, you know, I think I wanna just whether I said I'm on the floor or not, is to continue to to be that lifeline, to continue to when things aren't going right and we're on a, you know, we're down 12 with four minutes to go. Like, are we giving up or, or does someone have that ability to, to light a fire just enough win or lose just continue to build and build and build? And I think that's for me, how I can see my, my role affecting the bigger picture. Um, I mean, we all want to be in the playoffs. We all want to, you know, have a winning season. And I think that's going to, it's going to start now and it's something you build towards. Um, so I, I've never been, kind of conclusion or end goal. Um, I haven't had that as my mindset. I've always been process oriented. And so that's kind of what I'm trying to bring um, that mindset as well as here with the magic. So if you stick to the principles and stick to what you're supposed to be about throughout the process, good things always end up as a result.
2: Awesome. man! again, we'll be rooting for it to see those things come to life here in the next season for sure. One final question about next season and just kind of thinking about the locker room. We talked about earlier the chemistry of the team, how great it seems, you know, from the outside looking in. What, you, what have you noticed with, with mostly Coach Mostly again, was brought in last year. And one thing that we can tell is how energizing he is. He gets with you guys on the court. Um, he's promoting positivity in the locker room as well. I think that has embrace this team as a a unity you guys are also so so close uh we hear about the team dinners we hear about the team outings so what have you noticed what's the biggest difference that you've noticed in the team between your first days in Orlando to now uh with mostly kind of leading the way
1: I'd say the life and the energy I mean it starts and ends with him I mean and I think it's more or less now it's like hey this is the precedent that I've set like who wants to answer that call and be that person to, to own it, and it comes from the players. I think that's really what he is. He's a, he's a players coach. I mean, he's just out in, in Germany. I, I saw the thing on Twitter, him him at Franz. Yep. Goes, Shout out Franz. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he's just – he's bought in to just everybody, not just as players, as people, as men. Um, and you, you'll go to war for someone like that, um, especially rebuilding. You know, it's not easy to lose. You know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I've always wanted to be a winner, even during losing seasons. It's like, how can you take these positives away? And that's definitely what Mosley did this past year. So, um, you know, going into camp, I think it's going to be it's going to be one of the best camps. You know, the magic of seeing in quite some time, because we've all seen what year one looked like. I mean, so there's nothing new now. It's pretty much the same group of guys. So we know what to expect. Now it's time to answer that call. Now,
0: Devin, jumping into our, our final segment, this is our overtime. We're just going to ask you some some questions and just a brief response. You as a shooter, we know that the NBA is very uh, progressive in a lot of ways where they're they're always looking at ways to either improve the game, make some tweaks, whatever the case may be. Um, what are your thoughts on the NBA adding a four-point line? as a shooter is that something that you'd be open to is that something that you would like to see um or do you think that the nba is fine the way that it is don't mess with it keep it as is
1: i'm not i'm not on the four-point line um bandwagon that's not me um i think it would it would dilute the game from the sense of you know you know what what are we seeking like are, there, are we taking away corner threes in that case? So now there's no more corner three. Like You would have to really change the whole dynamic of the game. Um, so I'm, I'm not team four point line.
2: Now, when it comes to you, again, kind of shaping your game. So you talked about Steph and Dean kind of being those guys. But has there been a player you kind of compare yourself to and say, hey, I look at that guy and I can be that guy in the NBA. Is there a guy like that for you? And who would that be?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's it's unique because you look at Steph, you look at Dame, and it's like you can take things from them, but will you be Steph and Dame? Are they asking you to be Steph and Dame? And the answer is no, at least not right now. Um, and so what I look at is, is really the progression of where can I be this year? Where can I be in two years? Where can I be in five years? And right now, I think in my role here with the Magic, I look at a guy like Patty Mills, who who you know like patty mills in australia on in team team australia he's one of the best players in the world but when he comes the spurs patty mills even nets patty mills it's like he comes in he gets five threes up he's making two or three right and so that's what i want to be um at least right now is come come in um you're able to you know bring the ball up apply pressure on defense a little bit here and there um but you space the floor for for these big playmakers, Franz, Paolo Markell, um, and you're shooting efficiently. That's really what I hang my hat on. I'm not going shoot to the, shoot the ball just to shoot the ball. I mean, if I shoot, I expect it to go in, and I feel like that's kind of that Patty Mills role. So right now that's someone I watch a lot of film of, him, Brent Forbes, um, these guys that come off screens, that space the floor, and when they're open, you expect the ball to go in.
0: Devin, when it comes to the roster on the magic now, who would you say is your vet? Who's that one guy that is, is really, uh, taking the, the initiative to, to kind of, you know, support you the most.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'll say T Ross, uh, T Ross helped me basically launch my podcast, um, which is, you know, the T Ross pod. Um, I mean, like I said, I came in to camp back with coach Clifford, you know, T Ross was even one of my guys then, um, you know, fellow shooter. I mean, he's the human torch. I have never seen someone who can just come in the gym, do freaking 360 windmill and make his first 10 shots. So he's someone, you know, I've watched since I was younger. Um, and to be in the locker room with him, I make this joke. It's like, we're 30, 31. Like we got, we're like, we would be the splash brothers. If we actually, you know, spent time on the court together. Um, but so he's been someone we do shooting competitions pretty regularly and, it's very competitive, so he's one of those guys. He's a great dude off the floor, but even on the floor, just um, you know, someone I look to and, and and have helped me grow these past couple of years. All right, so
0: a thousand dollars on the line between you and T. Ross, who's winning? Shootout.
1: Where's my thought? I'll take a thousand. I'll put two <laughs> thousand. It's me every time.
2: I like the confidence. I, I'll follow up one more with this one. So Reggie, Steph, Ray Allen. Three point shooting contest, NBA All Star Game, all of them in their prime. Who's your money on?
1: It's so I'll hard find. to go against Steph. It's so hard to go against Steph. And I'm from Indiana with Reggie Miller. But for some reason I feel like Ray Allen would would, would win. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Ray Allen. And that's an interesting
0: one. Right. I, I would I. It would be hard. It would be very hard for me to put my any money against Steph Curry. I'll be honest. I hear you. I hear <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be really hard.
1: Here's the thing. Ask the previous question and you put me in the co- competition with those three. I'm picking me. Hey, there you See,
2: go. It's funny. I was going to do that. But I'm like, you know what? if I do that, I know the answer already.
1: <laughs> That's crazy. I, I just feel like it, it, for some reason, I mean, you do. 99 iterations of that is probably 33 33 like those are th- three of the best shooters of all time but for some reason my money would be on ray allen
0: and then uh Devin to close this out run your own race if, if you were to simplify that in terms something that the listeners can really take with them and kind of implement it in their in their daily lives man well how would you how would you put it what would you say
1: it's the it's the motto it's the mantra so run your own race i mean Every single person is on their own journey. Doesn't matter if you are a professional athlete, a librarian, a teacher, custodian. I mean, everyone has their own story, their own journey. Um, so stick to it, own it. Um, don't compare your story to anybody else. Don't compare your life to anybody else. Um, I think that's where you people find this this sense of depression, sense of anxiety. That's really what this stemmed from. Is it's run your own race. It's I went undrafted back in twenty nineteen. I believe I should have been drafted. I believe I could have been drafted. Um, but if I would have got myself in a mindset of, I wish I was in a different situation, I don't think I'd be where I am today. Um, so if I can be a living testament of, of owning your story, of, of having this this faith, this belief um, combated with an overwhelming sense of hard work, and if you apply that to your life in whatever area that is, stop comparing and really just dig in, uh, you'll find a lot of success. You'll find a lot of happiness and a lot of peace. So that's run your own race at the end of the day.
0: There is so much to look forward to, to this upcoming season. And Devin, believe me when I tell you, uh, following your journey is is definitely one of them. Um, we're looking forward to following that. Devin, you just dropped your podcast, Run Your Own Race podcast on your YouTube channel. Um, for those that want to continue listening and following, um, you know, everything that you have to say and you talking about your your journey, uh, where is it that people can follow in and look for it
1: yeah i mean my my youtube channel devin kennedy you can type in the run your own race podcast it'll pull up on youtube as well um follow that and you know once we get the go through the cross the t's dot the i's it will be on all, all the streaming platforms as well so uh, appreciate you guys for having me on for shouting out the podcast um i'm looking forward to this season as well
0: yes sir devin appreciate you joining us that's a wrap we'll catch you guys next week
1: Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at OrlandoMagicHQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a 5-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.